Free Trail fam, bonjour from Chamonix, France. Of course, I am your loving host, Dylan Bowman, here to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc. It is officially UTMB week, and we are here to enjoy the spectacle and share our love for this amazing sport and this amazing event with you, the global trail running community, trail fans worldwide. This is a special time of year, and we are so happy to be here to enjoy it in person. We're going to be doing a daily show each morning recording in the heart of Chamonix covering all the major stories of this year's race. It is a special week-long series we're calling Good Morning Mont Blanc, which you're listening to now. Each day we'll have a star-studded group of rotating co-hosts to share their expert perspectives about the fields, the conditions, the races, and the results as they happen throughout the week. We're also going to be doing a ton of pre- and post-race interviews with some of the main contenders and the top performers. So make sure you're subscribed here or to our YouTube channel so you don't miss a single second of our coverage. We are grateful for your support. We really hope you'll follow along and share it with your friends. Finally, thank you to Hoka and Camelback for making the shows possible this week. Make sure you play fantasy, fantasy fantasy.freetrail.com for a chance to win prize packages from these awesome brands. Thank you all so much for listening. Have an amazing UTMB week. Tom Evans, UTMB week, your second UTMB. How are you feeling? Good morning. First of all, how are you? I think people don't ask that question enough. We're doing great. I mean, I've run a total of an hour in the last three days, so not a lot of outside fresh air time, but man, it's just been a joy to, to sit here and geek out about the sport and share conversations with athletes like you. It's pretty similar to my last couple of days <laughs> as well. So uh, no, yeah, we're in good company. We're both tapering. And right before we pressed record here, you were telling me that this is one of the rare instances where like you hit the taper, hit the reduction, and you don't want to hit the reduction. Expand on that. Yeah, I think for me, like getting back into training post-Western States was easier than I thought it was going to be. Like mentally I was a little bit drained for a couple of days, but physically I felt okay. And then they sort of switched up and then physically I started feeling pretty bad, but mentally I was really excited to get back training. So yeah, did quite a lot on the bike, started doing some workouts on the bike. And then, yeah, we then really then had a good three week of proper training block in the UK before coming out uh, to the Alps to teen. Um, with yeah a whole bunch of guys and girls um most notably uh christian who's just won tds so um the training out there works um and yeah i just had a had an amazing three and a half weeks out there and yeah i left when i woke up in the morning and saw an inch and a half of snow on the floor and uh (laughs) so just decided yeah now's now's the time to leave so um yeah it was it was an amazing training block i didn't expect it to be as good. I didn't expect the fitness to transfer so well from mm. very runnable to um, to a UTMB style. And like, I guess in my view now, like I think the training is actually aerobic fitness is aerobic fitness. It doesn't really leave you. Um, but for a race like Western States, like yes, you do need some skills, but it's sort of running relatively fast and then it's all of your strategies around nutrition and heat. Yep. Whereas 
racing a race like UTMB requires lots of skills. You need a huge toolbox mm. with lots of tools in it. And I think by spending so much time sort of racing in the US this year, not using poles, not having any um, mandatory gear, you blunt some of those tools in your toolbox. So yeah, the first day I was in teen running with poles, I literally had to stop. To, <laughs> How do I do this again? Yeah, I had to like stop to put them back into my quiver. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been a it's been an awesome month, and yeah. yeah, I'm sat here. We're racing tomorrow, and uh, very rarely you get the opportunity to go into a race and be genuinely excited. Yeah. Like the nerves haven't started yet. I've had one Western States dream. Um, there was a state stream or UTMB? Oh, sorry, UTMB yeah. dream. Um, Western States feels like a dream now. Yeah. One UTMB dream where I was in the lead in town and then my legs just stopped working and I couldn't move at all. And then Courtney comes past and Courtney wins the race outright. And that could happen. It genuinely, <laughs> I, I would, and I would, I would happily, I say happily, I would, uh, yeah, if it's, so yeah, that yeah. was, um, yeah, the stoke is, the stoke is very, very high. Yeah. So, it feels uncharacteristic for you also to do this Western States UTMB double. So I want to hear you talk about the consideration that went into it and what signals you were listening to from your body in the acute aftermath of Western States that gave you the confidence that you could do this double. I think after watching people do it, I had decided, no, it, it can't be done because I don't think people necessarily did it badly, but people probably did a little bit different and you think, oh, geez, I've only got six weeks, seven weeks. So you don't take the same amount of recovery and you sort of, yeah, you end up cramming quite a lot of training. Um, I was so, I ran so consistently from the beginning of the year up until Western States. Um, yeah, 100, I averaged 126 miles a week mm -hmm. from the 1st of January until I started my taper at Western Jeez, States. Wow. And even the week before Western States, I ran 100 miles. Wow. And then race week, I ran 125 miles. The week after, I ran nothing. And then it was then like 75 miles, 90 miles, 100 miles. So you and then back it's just, quick. it bounced back really quick. And oh. if I'm being completely honest, like I only, genuinely, I only made my mind up 100% that I was going to race about 10 days ago after my mm -hmm. final long run. Um, that was a, yeah, a race replication so did, so finished training on the race application was on, on the Thursday. So I did, um, so trained normally on Wednesday. And then as soon as I finished training on Wednesday, I just went into sort of race mode. So my nutrition was exactly what I'm going to eat the 24 hours before the race. And then everything I do is exactly the same, same pack, same clothing that I'm going to wear, like a full on dress rehearsal. Mm. Um, wake up in the morning, little shakeout, which is what I'll do tomorrow morning. Um, more so for nerves rather than I'm not going to get any fitter. Of course. Um, it's yeah, just to get out on my own, get some space on my own. Um, and then, yeah. And then did, did the run at night and did exactly the same route that I did the 10 days or 12 days before, um, UTMB last year. And I thought, oh, great. This is a seven and a half hour route. Um, conditions were pretty similar and after like yeah last year i did it in like 735 
And this year it got to like seven hours, 10 and I was finished. And I was like, Uh-oh. oh, my oh, like, have I gone too hard? And I was like, oh, that's a bit of a boy. So I went back yeah. out and just did a little bit more and went and checked, like went through all of the data. The great thing about collecting data is yes, it's a bit of a pain to do it at some points, but it then means once you've got it, you can then look back on Dude, it. You make me feel like such an amateur, just describing the process that you just described of doing a dress rehearsal, eating. The, does, does everyone not do that? I mean, <laughs> I certainly haven't. I mean, it's really inspiring, just like the level of professionalism and thought and care that goes into those considerations. I think a lot of my, I think one of the benefits of not coming from trail running is yes, some of the, some of the people that I look up to now, obviously are in the sport, but when I started getting into endurance, it wasn't like trail running wasn't really a, it wasn't that much on my radar. Whereas things like cycling and marathon running and uh, in all of those further developed endurance sports, that's exactly what they're going and doing. Um, so for me, it's like being able to take, and it's exactly like in the military, it was drill after drill after drill make. Like last year, I spent 16 minutes static in aid stations. I don't know who else could tell you now exactly. how long they spend static. That's 16 minutes. Mm -hmm. If you take the average pace of what Killian ran last year, that's just over 1.25 of a mile. Mm -hmm. So I've just given him or given whoever for free. I am a mile, just over a mile further back than I should be if I taken zero. Yes, I'm not going to take zero, yeah. but I was over double the amount of time static in aid stations that Killian was Is last that right? year. Wow. So that's, I guess, something that you're going to hope to improve upon. And I'm sure you've implemented processes to Precisely. So in this, yeah. in this night run, halfway through the run, so at, um, yeah, three and a half hours, I did a full aid station that I didn't need to because I didn't need to replenish things because I was carrying enough, but I it's didn't. It's almost like a triathlete practicing. Yeah, precisely. I didn't need yeah. to change my top, but like, how is it going to work? Me change. I know I'm going to change my top in Contamine for the night, but like, how is that going to work? And the interesting thing about UTMB this year, it's a week later. Mm -hmm. I'd wonder if anyone else can tell you exactly how many minutes later sunset is this UTMB compared to last UTMB. How many minutes? 34 minutes. <laughs> so, so normally be, the last... It's going to be darker by the, the time... The last five, 10 minutes before Contamine is normally when you're needing a head torch. Yeah you're not going to start with your main big head torch because that's a bit of a waste. So yeah. it's, uh, oh, actually, I'm going to need it for 40 minutes. So interesting. Man. So it's, it's going to be super interesting if mm. people are just like, oh, I've got my teeny tiny e-lights in my bag that I'm not going to use. But then it's going to get pretty yeah. dark pretty quick. And So I want to talk about your multi-year journey here through CCC and UTMB, but maybe first sticking with what you've just been up to. Dude, you won Western States. Where's your cougar right now? Is it back home? I would travel with that thing everywhere if I had one. You know the really sad thing? It's still in the box. <laughs> I've not, I guess the, I, I listened to a really good podcast the other day with, called the High Performance Podcast, and um, the 
athlete that they were interviewing is Fernando Alonso, a Formula One driver. And he said his main regret from his racing career, and he's still racing, is not enjoying the victories. And I always like to think I've ended my season every time I've had a big result. So whether it was, um, yeah, Western States in 2019 when I was third or CCC in 2018 when I won or UTMB last year, I ended my seasons. So I always had like the end points and then I really enjoyed it. I spent time with friends, family, celebrated. Whereas this year, due to my own competitiveness and seeing how far I can push, I've not had the chance to celebrate at all. Like yeah. I took, yeah, I took three days in San Francisco. Is with there some an friends. emotional come down a little bit? Because you'd been dreaming about that result for a long time. You'd been on the podium there. And now like, I'd, I'd love to understand as somebody who doesn't have a Cougar trophy, like once you achieve that, is there that emotional come down? Because often, you know, there is that phenomenon in the Olympics and stuff where you maybe fall into a little bit of an emotional hole or do you come into UTMB feeling like you have nothing to lose? You just already checked off this massive goal. The season's a success. It's ultimate freedom. Just go enjoy it. I think, I, I think that's exactly it. And for, yeah, for those who, who don't know, like at the beginning of every year, an athlete who is sponsored will tell their sponsors, these are the races that I'm doing this year. And then you get paid bonuses depending on how well you do in these races. UTMB is not on these. I am, yes, I would hope that if I did well, things would, things might be able to change and you're rewarded for that. But for me, this is purely for fun and enjoyment and to see what I can do. So there is zero stress, zero pressure. I have this year, my goal, I dedicated everything to Western States and to racing in the U S and I wasn't expecting to race UTMB. I did. I raced a, a Snowdonia by UTMB 55 K to right. get a stone. So I had a backup in case Western States didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, Western States did go well. And yeah, I'm now in the situation that I've got this entry. I don't need to take it, but I would quite, yeah, who knows? And so, yeah, I can genuinely go into this race completely free, no stress, no pressure. Yes, you're being talked about as one of the favorites, but are you really? Because no one's ever, no male has ever done it in mm-hmm. the same year. Um, so I can run how I want to. And I think it'll be a really interesting year at UTMB this year. Like the out of the top 10 from last year, nine of which are racing again. Yep except for Killian Killian who won. There is going to be a new winner. I don't know the last time at UTMB when someone, when there was the race with no one who had won the race before. Yeah. Not for a very, very long time. Ludo's in the race, but I think it would be a stretch to expect him to win again. I I think so. And from speaking with Ludo, um, who who knows? He he will come through strong. That's to be guaranteed. But certainly not one of the favorites. But this is a good transition. Corinne and I were talking the other day about how it's a wide open men's race this year. The absence of Francois, Killian, Xavier. Pau Capel is also in the race, a former champion. But So between the three who are absent, that's 11 victories in the last four years. The depth is still insane. 
but it is going to be a new champion in all likelihood this year. Some might say it's fairly similar to Western States yeah. this year. But Corinne said that you and her had been talking about the same thing, about how it's open. Do you want to say anything about just the dynamic that you expect within the men's ranks? I think last year, everyone obviously respects Killian a huge amount and off the trail and on the trail as well. So if, yeah, you sort of just follow what Killian's doing. He is, he is the driver. He is driving his chariot around kind of doing what he wants and everyone was sort of thinking oh when's he going to go when's he going to do this and then when Killian and Jim finally went together at the top of pyramids me and Zach have just stayed together and just thought oh no we're, we'll just steady Eddie along um, whereas I think this year there isn't anyone who's there are people who have made decisive moves in the race before that haven't paid off mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think there's. I think what we might see is something fairly similar to last year with a smaller... I think there'll be some people who go off at suicide pace. And then I think uh, behind that, there will then be a, a second group of five to six athletes. Like I see it as, I think there's, in my honest opinion, I think there's sort of somewhere between five and seven guys who genuinely could win the race. I agree. But then I think there's 15 guys who think could finish in the top five. I almost think it may, and I was talking about this with Petter yesterday, that it may be a little bit more of a tactical cat and mouse type situation where last couple of years, at least it was Jim and Francois, then Jim and Killian off the front. Right. And I think this year, because it is more wide open and there's a lot of great athletes in the field, but maybe it won't be the same sort of, hot out of the gates type thing. Maybe people will allow the race to evolve a little bit more. But. I know there's one person who's going out super hard and trying to run sub 20. Um, right. In my, I hope lots of people try and do that. Um, I won't be doing that. I yeah. will be, my race strategy last year was very cautious. Yeah. Um, and it will be again this year until it's not yeah. cautious. Yeah. Um, there will be yeah, a decisive point in the race where I try and write my way into, yeah, try and become the, the dom- yeah, try and become the dom. I think I was actually just talking with, um, with one of my other partners earlier and to win these races, like if you see these big hundred mile races as a storybook, yeah. there are lots of chapters in the book. Things can change very quickly from chapter to chapter to chapter. But the main character is the main character throughout. Mm. I think in order to win these big races, you have you can finish on the podium by being a supporting role. 100%. In order to win these races, you have to be the main character. Yeah. Wow. And that's from that's from the gun. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you have to go out in front, but what you are doing has to be the most interesting thing, whether that's you're staying out of trouble, controlling at the back, just making sure you're nailing your nutrition yep. and doing the basics, but doing them really well. But then when it's then your time to shine is when you can then really make that decisive move and take, try and take the race by the scruff of the neck. Yep. And there's definitely a few points a few geographical points on the course that make sense to do that. And I've sort of got three or four places in mind, depending on what 
the situation is. Am I going to do it at the top of pyramids? No, (laughs) because I don't really like, that's one of my least favorite part of the course. It's where I fell last year and broke my Mm -hmm. finger. Um, But I've run funnily enough. I had identified that as a weakness. And the only part of the course that I recced for UTMB this year was pyramids by day, pyramids by night. Yeah, huh. Cool. I I really love the analogy of the storybook and the main characters. And that's one of the things we've been talking about recently is, you know, in order to win these races now, you do have to be in the mix, right? Like you don't necessarily need to be hot off the front at suicide pace, but you can't come from behind and win like Ludo did in 2016 anymore, right? And uh, you can finish on the podium in that style, but that's not your goal this weekend. So being a main character, I think, is something that our listeners and viewers can expect from Tom Evans. Reflect quickly on just like this journey you've been on here at CCC UTMB. You were fourth, I think, in your first running at CCC. Came back and won the following year. Then you had your surgery. Came back and finished on the podium at UTMB. Again, quintessential Tom Evans consistency. What has this sort of weekend meant to you over the course of your career? Yeah, I think sort of actually the the course that we ran in 2018 is identical to the course that we're running this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the steep climb out of Trient and then the lower climb. Right. Um, taking in part of the Marathon de Mont Blanc course going up to Flaugère. Um So I've done the course and I've raced on the course and I know I know how to race on the course. And coming out of Trion, I was battling with Pau Capel. And then on the other climb was when I took the lead um, and overtook Minky. Um, and yeah, I think for me, it's just and very similar to Western States. First year, finished third learned those lessons and then rectified those mistakes that I made and came back and improved on it. That's really a a funny, yeah, a funny uh, pattern there. Fourth at CCC, then a win. Third at Western States, then a win. Third at UTMB. Then a DNF. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Um, And it's definitely, I think it shows the, any, only one person can win the race. Um, so there are going to be more people who are disappointed that they haven't won than they are who are really ecstatic because they have won. And for me, it's about, even if you don't have the race that you're really, really happy with, can you learn those? And I think something that I definitely take pride in is that ability to learn those lessons. Um, and I think in my results, it's shown that, okay, or well, yeah, you still had a good race, but you weren't the main character. You were a backup. Yeah. You were a backup dancer and you filled out the podium or you were just outside the podium in fourth. Um, and it gives you that experience and it then gives you that opportunity to race a slightly more aggressive race. Like I then went on to do it CCC in 18 yeah. and then like I went on to do it Western States this year. Um, and like I'm planning on doing it. They all follow a very, very similar pattern. Yeah. Like it's, it's very methodical. Um, I guess it's it's definitely not taking the enjoyment out of sport, but there definitely is a there is a pattern, there is a blueprint, and it's something like I love racing and I love trying to win races. You doesn't just because you're trying to win a race doesn't mean you're going to win a race. Right. And there are now where the sport is now, there are so many incredible people and like with 
I suppose yesterday a little bit about pressure and in my opinion like pressure is a pressure is a massive privilege um but I don't I don't feel the pressure to win I feel the pressure to try and win Mm -hmm. and I'm trying I'm genuinely going to be trying my very very best and if that is not good enough on the day if my legs aren't there because I'm carrying fatigue from western states or doing too much training or whatever it is but I'm going to I'm going to make sure that I do my very best, not just at the running part, not just at the mentality part, but making sure that my nutrition is as good as it can be. My processes of, okay, well, it's going in tonight. Like I know it's going to be cold. What gloves am I using? Where am I putting my gloves? Am I, I've obviously got gloves in my back backpack because I have to have them. They have to be warm and waterproof. This doesn't really exist, but they'll they'll do, but they're going to stay in the pack, but actually I'm going to, so I'm, where, where am I going to be picking up the gloves? Then where am I going to put them in my pack? And yeah, I could go, I could grab my pack now and go through with my eyes closed and tell you exactly where everything is. It's not just rammed in. Oh, I'm going to put the heavy stuff at the bottom and the light stuff at top. It's a, there's a method. I know if my head torch dies and it is pitch black, I can find everything that I need. Um, I would be scared to race you. <laughs> and Tom, I could sit here and chat with you for an hour. I want to be very respectful of the fact that you're gearing up for the biggest race in the world. And I appreciate your time. I've been asking everybody the same closing question. That is, who is crewing for you on Friday night and Saturday? Why did you choose that person? And what has that person meant to you in your career? I have got a a team crewing me. Um my wife, Sophie, is coming out. She came out last year. Um, she is she is head crew chief. Um, and then a physio I've worked with in the UK is sort of deputy crew chief and head driver, um, Mike. And he, yeah, he was going to be out here anyway and is a huge fan of the sport. Um, and yeah, he, when I asked him, if you ask someone to help and they say like, are you sure that would just be incredible? You know, you've picked the right person. Um, the best man from my wedding, um, who was also out at Western States. Uh, and then my mom as well, are all going to be in my van. Um, the reason why I've chose that sort of, yeah, uh, different group of people is depending on how the race is going, like your crew is as important as the racing itself with yeah. the right, you get the right mix of people and it's really positive. You get the wrong mix of people. It can be really negative. If so, if my wife gets too emotionally involved because I'm having a bad day, it's then very easy to say, okay, well, so if you just stay in the car, you just cheer and support and Mike, the physio, who's going to be say it exactly how it is. Tom, stop being weak. Yeah. It's yeah. We know it's cold. Here's some gloves. You'll be fine. It's not going to kill you. Or if, I'm just feeling really miserable. I can have, yeah, my best man for my wedding and my and best mom take care of you. my best friend. And yeah, then mom, then, then then when I then when it I did really bad when I DNF and call mom. my uh, my mom can uh, my mom can look after me. So um, yeah, I think having a yeah having a whole group of people, it will be fun for. I hope it'll be fun for them to be able to watch the race. Um, and yeah, it'll be really fun for me. And yeah, these people have sacrificed so much for where I am now. So every time I see them, it will remind me that I'm incredibly fortunate to be here. And um, 
yeah, I've got the best team looking after me. Tom, you're a great champion, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to come hang out with us. Best of luck to you at UTMB. Thanks very much and keep up the good work. Thanks.